That's how Italy works. And then you come here, and although society is nuts, is nuts in a positive way, people <laughs> here have a dream until they freaking die, okay? And they try pursuing it. Yes, there's consumerism. Yes, there are problems. But you're dreamers until you die, and I love it. I love it. <laughs> and you have opinions, and you back them with your guns. I love it! <laughs> I, I, it, it, it is the best. You're just funny. It's... Guys, I gotta salute you because we're doing a live. I'll, I'll check in later. Ciao, ragazzi. Ciao, 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 ciao. Yeah, I was live, but then I realized, no, shit, people are not going to hear anything from your side. So that's Oh, fine. shit, you're live? Oh, yeah, all right. Nice. Next I time. Live. Yeah, you just, you, people just saw how I was panicking about the... <laughs> but that's the real authentic content that we all crave. So uh, Exactly, exactly. So you are Tony. Are you yeah. Italian or something? Yeah, yeah, part Italian. My, uh, my father is and my mother's. Okay. So, you know, the good okay. half is Italian. <laughs> Have yeah, you ever his, been... No, man, it was, it was actually going to be, we booked a trip, uh, my wife and I, and we were like this close to doing it. And then we found out she's pregnant, which is good. Good problem now. That's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. So we're, uh, we're going to postpone it until the little one is uh, probably like two, you know, okay. so she's still free. She'll still be free on the plane, but, you know, we'll be able to kind of take her. And, yeah, but so there's just okay. on their side. Malemo. Yeah. So that's like. Grandmother. I've always wanted to to go here. It's you know, especially you know Sicily in particular. It's very underrated for what I hear. It's you know? nice. It's nice. No, no, you're about, gonna love it. So obviously you're from Italy, but do you live there now? I live or, in America. You live in America. Okay. <laughs> I live in Virginia. Okay. Uh, I've been good. here for five years. So, um, yeah, I lived a little bit all around the world, but now I'm establishing here. I like it. And uh, Virginia is beautiful. We used to go there all the time. Actually, my my wife's brother lives in Virginia, and uh, Nor uh, I think it's Norfolk. Norfolk, yep. Yeah, yeah. That's so where my sister used to study. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. It's beautiful out there. So much to do, and everyone's like you know chill, and it's uh, it's military base, so it's a lot of a lot of family, a lot of community, a lot of a lot of good things there. Versus like Florida, which is where I'm at, and it's you where know, you at in Florida. Uh, so kind of, are you familiar with it? I used to date uh, a girl from Jacksonville, which I used to go often. St. <laughs> Augustine, Amelia Island. Uh, yeah. Ja Jacksonville, I'm surprised that didn't work out. <laughs> from Jacksonville. <laughs> Shout out my Jacksonville fans. No, I'm in, uh, I'm in Tampa. So okay. technically I'm in Apollo Beach, which is a little bit south of Tampa. Uh, but I lived in Tampa for a long time. And I was pretty much born and raised in Orlando. I lived all over the place, all over the country, but... Then I moved to Tampa a few years back, probably like six, seven years ago. And have you been to Tampa? Not yet. I will okay. be there end of May. Ooh. Yeah, if you got I some will time. Also man, be in Orlando. I will also be in Orlando. If you got some time, let's meet up, man. I love, I'll show you some Tampa, man. Tampa's a good if you time. Wanna do, if you want to do an in-person podcast, I have a group of seven international Italians with me. Fuck yes. Let's just have all, <laughs> let's have all seven on. <laughs> you, you guys can just speak them. Italian and I will say nothing. It will just be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Scusi. Ciao. Yeah, that's all I'll say. 
Um, yes, but yeah, no man, way. it's uh, <laughs> Tampa's cool. But we we moved out of there probably like three years ago when you know the market started getting kind of squirrely. So I've had to give give you some context because I know you're in real estate, so I want to talk to you about that. So my first house I bought when I was in my 20s in Orlando, and that was when the market was beautiful. You know, this was what seven years ago. I think I bought my 2000. How old are you? I'm 38 next month. Ma vaffanculo, ma che te 38? How old are you? Be my son. <laughs> Come on. I'm 27. I thought you were my age. Oh motherfucker! Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. That makes it makes me look good. I'm also covering up my hair, so you know I look younger than what I am. But yeah, and uh, you know I'm I'm like five three. So when you see me. You're going to think, oh, yeah, he's he's like in his 20s. No, man, I'm 38. But I, I bought my first house uh, in Orlando for like 130, wow. maybe. Interest wow. rate was like three and a quarter. Yep. So it was just beautiful. And then um, I ended up proposing to my now wife. We bought our second home in Tampa. I got promoted for my old job. Uh, we rented out Orlando for a few years. Got some great passive. Yep. And then um, we bought our third home, which is here in Apollo Beach. And then we sold the other two last mm. year. And bro, it was like the perfect time to sell, you know, right when it, right when it started dipping. Um, yep. So yeah, it's, it's been great. But we, we're glad we're out of Tampa because you, when you come, you'll notice it's, I mean, you're 27, so you're going to love it. But like for me, I was over Tampa. I was over the, the club and the party and the spending a bunch of money. Starbucks on every corner, that type of shit. I was, I was about yep. done with that. So now I'm in like a cool little, uh, older community, like forties to like sixties. That's, okay. that's where people are. And everyone's got a golf cart, you know, but everyone has a house that, right. That's, that's in their thirties. Yep. And, uh, it's a good time out of here. So it's, uh, I definitely want to get back to Tampa and maybe start a business there and buy a couple of properties when it makes sense. But yeah, it's, uh, it's nice over here, man. You're going to love it. We'll see. We'll see. And you do this. This is now your thing or you're doing it with a company, the podcast? Mm. All me, brother. All you. Yeah. I actually own a content business. So okay. uh, so I do uh, UGC content for brands. And then yep. I also host a podcast, but I'm a podcast coach. So I'll, okay. I'll teach people everything from conception, coming up with the idea, channel art, video editing, producing, hosting. So I kind of do all that. So that's my whole, that's my whole shit. talk about that. Yeah. Why are you thinking about starting one up with your seven Italian friends? <laughs> you no, should. I would, like to invite, I would like to invite people. I believe I'm a very, you cannot really allocate me on any direction. And I'm very controversial throughout the entire spectrum. That's and uh, I believe, especially in America, that is like perfect. Yeah. That's what you need. Well, listen, man, I've, I've followed you for quite some time. Love your content. Okay. Um, for a lot of reasons, a, because, you know, you're Italian and I've always, I've always wanted to go to Italy. So anybody that is from Italy or is in that space, it's always interesting to hear Italy versus America. Cause it's always the same conversation, Yep. which is America. We're a bunch of stuck up fat pricks and, you know, versus like in Italy and other parts of Europe where it's just like, oh, so things are normal over there. Of course, there's pros and cons with everything. But, you know, when you come to America, I would imagine the the, <laughs> the shock of like how <laughs> obsessive we get with certain things. And over there, you guys are like, you know, forget it, man. Let's have some vino during lunch and relax. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's just so interesting to hear your perspective. So I'm, I'm digging it, man. You, you put out some good shit for sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> glad. I'm glad it resonates a little. Yeah, for sure. Well, it resonates a lot, man. You got a lot of uh, you got a lot of followers that listen to you. So, uh, like, how'd you get into this thing? How'd you get into? Did you just pick up the phone one day and was like, "Let me just talk about it"? It's funny. So, I have a younger brother. Uh, he is uh, nine years younger than me, and um, I started TikTok two years ago. But four years ago, when TikTok came out, uh, he was like, "Yo, you should check this out," and this and that. And there are two things involved. Number one. The whole thing of TikTok is for kids. And this was four years ago. Mm. And the second one, he was my brother. You know how it works. Younger brother, older brother, there's some pride. I was like, nah, he's bullshitting. That's stupid. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and then as I saw that my brother was getting vi going viral for the most uh, basic videos, I was like, you know what? Uh, two years later, um, when I chose to leave my job at Lamborghini to start doing a full-time real estate, uh, uh, I said, you know what? Let me try. It started out as a joke. I was trying to copy people, what they were doing. Yes, sure. it was growing, but uh, it wasn't mine. And then as I started being a little bit more myself uh, and saying what I thought, mm. what people you started know? resonating. People started resonating. I was like, oh, mm. mama, okay. So <laughs> now. And uh, I said, you and, know what? And by the way, not to interrupt you, but that's why people loved seeing you look with your headphones and like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Because that's just you. That's what that's what makes TikTok so beautiful. It's just the more the more you you are, the bigger your following is going to get. It's fascinating. The beautiful, exactly. The beautiful thing of TikTok is, um, and it's also the general approach to it. Uh, if you are yourself, uh, people look at you like you're talking to them, literally. Okay. And the amount of times I get approached by people on the streets, uh, seeing me as like, I know this guy and approaching me like I'm just a normal guy is beautiful. Mm -hmm. They don't see you as uh, somebody who's not creative. They see you as a normal human being because you've been talking to them as you were in front of them the whole That's time. Right. That That's is right. beautiful. Yeah, it's, uh, it's rare. That's for sure. And, you know, you think with like social media as a whole, because it's been, it's not a new thing, obviously, right? Because you know, 20 years old, I think, as maybe Facebook and MySpace was before that. So, like, people are always familiar and used to the whole concept of, like, social media. But TikTok is the first time that I think people could feel comfortable being themselves because it gives us an escape from everything else. You know, that, that to me is the most fascinating thing when I go on both platforms. And I even see myself, right, like, trying to do it where now I'm posting the same content on Instagram as I do on TikTok because I have a bigger following on TikTok than Instagram. Or excuse me. I have a bigger following on Instagram than I do TikTok because I'm kind of new to TikTok as well. And similar to yourself, I was trying to do certain things that I thought were trendy. And now I'm starting to do me on TikTok. But I notice I don't do that on Instagram. And I catch myself every now and then where I'm like, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? And I'm like, man, fuck it. Like just copy what TikTok's working because even me as a consumer, I go on TikTok and I look for stupider the better. And by stupider, I don't mean like IQ lower. I mean like things that make me laugh, things that make me think, things that, you know, get me exploring new ideas. But yes. but Instagram, I'm kind of like scrolling and I'm like, oh, I see fucking Kardashian and I see Cardi B and I'm just like, Ugh, what is happening? All this fake stuff, you know? It's more curated, mm. which uh, I do not it. like because... Yeah. Um, I see a lot with my with my brother, also a lot of the youngers. Um, 
you look at Instagram and you think that is the reality of the world when what mm. you see on Instagram is literally 0.1% of population. Mm. And then you go on TikTok and you see something that is a little bit more real. You see the guy in pyjama talking to you. You don't see somebody in a three-piece suit, uh, all elegant. Uh, it depends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's so true. It's a little bit more real. So yeah. I started playing with that. It started growing. My initial goal was to grow an audience to help me with my business and my future nonprofit goals. Mm. But starting from this year, uh, TikTok monetized me. Mm. And now I'm like, I'm, I'm doubling down. I am... For you. what i call i am spraying and praying i post 10 20 videos a day uh, yeah. uh i post more than the average marketing team does in in a, in a week uh and it's yeah. going it's yeah. going that's awesome that's awesome. Like, how do you grow just spam just go just fucking <laughs> flood it i mean i think that's how initially i started following you as i kept fucking seeing you on my feet and i'm like jesus i'll follow this guy obviously tiktok <laughs> wants me to so, but are you noticing that has helped you grow massively as just the multi, cause you know, they always, people always say that, right? Like, how do I grow on TikTok? Well, it's very simple. You just have to put very Gary V, right? Fucking post three times a day, uh, find your niche, like do all that. Like, does that work or is it just. So I have no niche. I talk literally about everything. Yeah. I, I work on cards, so I talk about cards. I do finance, so I talk about my p financial uh, experiences and losses and everything. I do real estate, I talk about that. I do construction, I talk about that. I have a family, I'm Italian, Italian in America, I talk about... I, I have no niche. I love it. I just post a lot. I, and the people, think, people say, how are you able to come up with so many ideas? How many thoughts do you have every single freaking day, man? Tony, eh? Tony, how many thoughts do you have a day? More than 10. Yeah. Yeah. Let the thoughts prevail and just put them out. Even yeah. if they, may, I mean, try to give some sense to them. Sometimes sure. you don't, but. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Dude, I, ha I have noticed that too. Like I, I'm even doing this thing where um, uh, I started this new series just because everyone keeps asking me about it because I used to work for these big corporate companies back in the day and yep. um, through a lot of long story short, I don't want, you know, this is you. I don't want to make this a Tony podcast because people hear my voice enough. But long story short, uh, I got laid off at the worst time in my life last year and I was doing this podcast thing on the side for quite some time and, um, you know, it was monetarily, it was fucking nothing, right? I'm breaking even. So I'm like, you know, if I don't have a job, maybe I go all in and start my own business. And I ended up doing that, you know, last year and, you know, I'm, I'm super stoked and it's, uh, it's paying off, you know, dividends. Everyone asked me, they're like, why is that better than working for a corporate job? So I started this whole new series, reasons why working for yourself is better than working for a corporate job. And I put a lot of time and effort and energy into like making the videos where I'll like change angles and I'll do it. And it's very sexy. It looks very good. I'm very proud of them. Okay. But then I'll like randomly fucking do a selfie video just talking about it. You know, this is why, like y yesterday I did a video. I'm just walking my dog and I'm, I'm saying, you know, th this is why I did it because of this and that. And, th you know, so just fucking work for yourself. Like I did that and got, that got more views. And I'm like, all right, you know, this is the thing. It, you just have to be yourself and not natural. worry about. Yeah. Just make it natural. Yeah, that's it. Why should you work for yourself? Huh? Hey. It depends. It depends. It's not for everybody. No. Tony, it's not for everybody. Guys, 
in a world that likes to point fingers, uh, which is the United States, uh, as young people, mamma mia, it's all about he, him, her, this, that. It's not for everybody because if you're working for yourself, it's all your fault. That's right. Everything is your fault. Okay. If you're not willing to accept that, no. 100%. 100%. To me, it was a slap in the face. Yeah. Because I could not point fingers. (laughs) I was so used to the corporate world where, ah, yeah, but the vendor and this and that, and la la la, you're always protected. Funny thing, when I left my job, I said, guys, uh, this is your opportunity to give me the blame for anything, even stuff that has nothing to do with me, just to clean your record. Yeah. This Man, is my colleagues calling me, yo, you've been blamed even for stuff that the CEO should be blamed for. <laughs> so I was like... <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so... And- Listen, man, I mean, you know, uh, I don't know if you've consumed any any content. I mean, we just talked yesterday, but I come from working like Fortune 500, you know, like, okay, so typical America job. When you think of America, what do you think of? You think of trucks and fucking Coca-Cola, right? And so I worked for Coke for quite some time. Coca-Cola, not Blanco. So I worked for Coke for, what, seven, eight years? And then I got a job at Monster Energy, badass monster girls, like, yeah, just exactly what you want being in your 20s. And I was in the marketing department for almost a decade. And I got laid off out of nowhere. Didn't give me a notice, didn't give me anything. Um, And they said it was because I was doing too much on the side. So the reason was the podcast. And, you know, this is a company that they didn't give me any warning saying, hey, man, well, you know, you're doing this podcast on your free time, like you need to calm down. Cause I wasn't like posting anything during work hours. I traveled a lot, and, but on the weekends I would do my podcast and I would interview and, um, you know, they, they gave me limitations and said, Hey, listen, if you want to, uh, do your podcast, you need to promote monster only. You can't talk about certain topics. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's not going to happen. So then they put me on this little hiatus and then they ended up, you know, letting me go. Um, give me a bunch of other bullshit reasons that contractually I looked back and I'm like, oh, I guess they could let me go if I decided to wear a blue shirt and they didn't want me to wear a blue shirt. So these big corporations can let you go for anything. You can do whatever if you, you want. Yeah, yep. they don't give a shit. So I was like, all right, whatever. And I was getting paid a lot of money. And then I went to this other job paying me twice as much, bigger title, worked there for a year, loved it. And then they laid me off because of the pandemic. And I'm like, you know, okay, this is a little squirrely everything there. Then I ended up having lung surgery last year. They found a tumor in my lung. Um, Thank God it was, it wasn't benign, right? So it wasn't cancer. Um, But I have a third of my lung gone now. And uh, that was during the whole time where I was getting laid off at this last job. And then my father-in-law passed away the same week. And I'm like, okay, so I'm not very, yeah, dude. And I'm not a religious guy. We'll, we'll talk about that. Maybe some, but I looked and I'm like, okay, so if there is someone up there watching me, they're laughing at me. So they're telling me something. So I said, I'm going to go all in. I got money from these investments and, you know, my real estate game. So I'm like, I'm going to go all in in my business because you're right, though. It's not for everybody um, because everything is on you. But also, too, I looked at it like, you know, everything's on me, but everything that's good is on it's me as on well. Me. Right. 
I, I really, after all that shit that happened with me financially, physically, like all that stuff, the recovery that I had to go through, I'm still recovering, but, but I had a whole six months to really dissect my life. And, you know, I am a little bit older, not that I'm, I'm preaching, Hey kid, you need to listen to this. All right. Um, but I will say when I was making 150 grand a year and I was decently happy, right? I was traveling a lot. I was kind of away from my wife. But when this happened, I didn't care about money. You want money, obviously, to, you know, to survive. You need it. But then you start realizing, and you talk a lot about this on your channel, which is what attracted me to you, where we were doing Starbucks a couple times a week, right? I'm pretty good with, like, saving money. Like, we have one car because we travel a lot, and, and uh, we, we're pretty good at, at being frugal. But there was certain things that we were spending money on that was unnecessary. And I started looking at all that, and I'm like, you know, what is important during this whole time? And I figured I don't want to make 150 grand a year because then I'll spend more. But if I can make 75 a year, pay my bills, take care of my family, but be like really happy with what I'm doing, you know, um, I think that's the key. And sometimes we always think we want this big corporate job because why? We want the fucking Lambo. We want the the big house. And, and if that's your that's your gravy, get into it. That's cool. Nothing wrong with that at all. But there's a lot of us that I think just get pushed this idea of what we need and we got to have this and mostly in America, as you know. Yeah. It's coming to Europe too. Uh, I'm seeing that a lot too. I did pretty much the is? same. You think it's social huh? media that's that's pushing it? Or is it just definitely, like... It definitely helps. Yeah. Uh, if you or see maybe... the Lambo every day, you think everybody has a Lambo and you're like, what am I doing with my life? I'm a broke-ass bastard. Uh, <laughs> I suck. And then you push, that's all you pursue. Yeah. yeah, no, no, it's very true. Um, one of the hardest things to fight, especially in the society, is the FOMO. Mm, mm. Guys here live on FOMO. Everything. I hate it. Yeah. I do real estate and I do affordable housing. Yo, you'd be surprised how many times I would go see a house to buy and in front of the house, a car that is worth more than the house is parked. Okay. Priority, what you're telling me is, uh, dear owner of the house, your priorities are fucked. Yeah. But uh, sorry for my French. That's the way I speak. That's that's no. That is also my whole TikTok. Um, <laughs> you don't know what you don't want to know how I speak in Italian. It's even worse. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I got to learn it, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll just talk shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, Chad, I. What the biggest? Uh, that was the best thing I've ever done in my life. When I moved to America, the first show, the first job I chose was being a car salesman for a Jeep, Chrysler, Dodge dealership, which can be the first car of the farmer or it can be a 20th car of the millionaire. Okay. <laughs> right. So I got a good spectrum of American society, at least here in Virginia. And um, yeah, that, that's exactly what I saw. It's uh, all about this lifestyle inflation when you cannot even uh, finance a hot dog. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Chad, the, I yeah. had to beg customers to buy a used car. It's like, yo, you're, you're digging your financial grave. Look at used cars. Yeah. Yeah. I like your honesty, but I want a new car. Ma baffanculo, ma baffanculo. It's fucking wild, man. And that's, just... Dude, and that, that's the issue too. Like I had to, I don't know if my wife can hear me. Well, she's probably going to listen to this. But that was our biggest issue when we first started dating. I had to like get her out because I've been a Jew for quite some time. And um, like even when I started like partying in my 20s, I knew that I could party more if I lived in a studio apartment and didn't do anything Monday through Friday. And my studio apartment back then was 750. Great place. Okay. 
literally no, it just had four walls. I had to build very New York style and it was in Orlando. And I was like, okay, so if I just like make money and don't spend it Monday through Friday, I could blow it all like Friday night, Saturday night. And the weekend. Right. And then I kept my expenses low. I had a Honda Civic and it was used. And like, I was like, but my, my perception was a little wrong. Cause I was like, well, let me make all the money so I could spend it. Right. And then eventually I was like, wait, I'm making enough money. Why don't I just save it for like six months and buy a house? That's what I ended up doing. But then when I started dating this broad, she's like, she's like, you know, let's, let's just go out and let's do this. Let's do dinner. Let's do, I'm like, all right, listen, here's my goals. Like if you want a house and you want to, you know, get half my assets eventually when we're married, we got to change your perception a little bit of how, how we're doing things. So, but that's, <laughs> you know, what's the trick? What's that? Learn how to cook better than the restaurants. Fuck yes. <laughs> Speaking to the choir. Yeah. Hell yeah. Tell me about it. Best dates of my life were me cooking for the ladies. That's right. Well, and you're already at the house, which is the goal. Let's not go deeper <laughs> in this conversation. <laughs> that is the goal. And dude, and yes. that's still that's still the thing. Not that it, uh, it helps me now that I'm married with a kid on the way, but I still cook better than my wife. And that was the big selling point for her was I can cook better food than, you know, going out and spend. And by the way, I talk a lot about this on my podcast because I talk about health and wellness and stuff, but everyone's touching your food. It freaks me out. And I'm sure this is even more disrespectful for you because I'm sure over in Italy, you can actually see who's cooking your food most of the time, or it's, it's less people, I would say. But in America, I feel like you got the cook in the back, and then you got like the, the food runner. You got the server, you got the bus boy, you got the janitor. Like there's so many moving parts in a restaurant. And this is like if the food is fresh and makes it to the restaurant. But in America, we ship like our avocados from California and the oranges from Florida. And there's so many people. Yeah, man. There's so many people touching the food versus like I had a buddy that just went to, to Italy. He's telling me stories of like some restaurants out there like grow their own veg. Yep. And then they just pick their basil and throw it on the pizza from, from that. Like, you don't see that in America. Like, we what? Call it the, we call it the zero kilometer economy. Like, everything is picked up local. That's beautiful. I love yeah. it. I love and it. When I go to my grandma, she has a whole garden with uh, veggies and everything. Oh, she's out there? What part? Uh, Abruzzo. Abruzzo is on the um, east coast of Italy, but same height of Rome. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and of course, I know it's not as I mean, you can't sustain that in America because we have, you know, whatever, 33 million people here. So I, I get that aspect. But also, too, it's because we're we want to shove food in our fat faces all the time. So we have to, like, create these ways to process food and make more food because we just we eat it too fast because we're so gluttonous. It's disgusting. So. You know what? There's a beautiful conversation that always pops up on my um, comment sections. The fact that the pasta is not healthy. Italians, the stereotype is we eat a lot of pasta. Yes, we do. It's true. Okay. That is true. Like you can say it. It's fine because it's true. You're not lying. Yeah. We're made of pasta, wine, and coffee. Um, (laughs) You know why people say that pasta is unhealthy? The average pasta portion in America is twice the size the average pasta portion in Italy. Of course, it's freaking unhealthy. <laughs> You're eating twice as much. <laughs> so, <laughs> what you said, the shoving the food up my face. That, that, you just pinpoint it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
And that's, I mean, that's with everything, right? Like even, even bread. I mean, like my, my father, he makes his own bread. There's yes. three ingredients. But if you go and look into like any bread company or any package in America and you look on the back, it's like 72 ingredients and you can't even pronounce them all. Yeah, they probably and, put asbestos in it. I don't know what the hell they put in bread here. Yeah, <laughs> and it's fucking crazy. But man, I mean, I don't have to tell you, but my dad's bread, my dad's pot, like that is the best, you know, food. and you can eat a plate of it and you don't feel disgusting. But yeah. like when I go to like a, a Italian restaurant in America and I, I have just one plate of their food, I'm like, oh, I feel so full. And that's because we just shove it with a bunch of processed bullshit. So if you're cooking your own food, of course you can eat as much as you want, which is why you damn Italians are so skinny, but you eat like crazy. It's because it's all fresh and it's all real ingredients, you know. There is another big factor. Uh, we started popping up now, and I agree fully, the water. So... Mm. The water in Italy, and I'll tell you from the perspective of a Roman, because I lived in Rome, a lot of our, how do you call them, aqueducts? Aqueducts? Aqueducts, yeah. A lot of our aqueducts are still the original Roman aqueducts. They're running on stone. The water is being filtered on a mile, mile per mile. It's all yeah. being filtered by stone, which leads to really good water. I did hear about when that. When I come here, it's... A lot of the tap water here is purified water from all the purifiers uh, in the different cities. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's a lot of chlorine and stuff. Uh, and I feel that has a big impact. I'm not a, I'm not a medical guy, but... Uh, yeah, I agree. I think you're right. And I could tell you this from... Yeah, well, I could tell you from experience, too. I don't mm -hmm. know if... Um, do, you, do you have your own home or you got an apartment? I have uh, my own home. So the only reason I ask is, so I've never had the, all the houses that I've lived in, uh, that I've had myself and with my family, I've never had, especially in Florida, cleaner water than I do now because mm -hmm. I got one of those massive water softeners and infiltration yep. systems and reverse osmosis and all that. And when they first come out, they do, and I don't know if it's rigged or not, but so he tests a bunch of water. He had like a Dasani bottle of water. He mm -hmm. tested that in front of me and then he tested my tap and it was filled with chlorine, like more than yep. the level of what you should have. Yep. And I'm like, come on, bro. I was like, I was like, is this like, you know, one of those like uh, you know, how um Orkin vacuums used to do door to door sales and they like, you know, fake spills and then clean it up in front of me. I was like, is this real, bro? Let me see. Come on. And he tested Dasani water and bottled water and it was all different, you know, different levels. And I'm like, Yeah, just put that shit in. Let's do it. Yeah. And it cost me a lot of money. I, I recommend everyone should do it, no matter where you live. And you have the cleanest water you see. Your skin is way better. Your hair is more full. It's uh, it's amazing. It's a game changer. And it's very fascinating because, you know, I'm 30-something years old. So it makes me think, wait a minute. So for the past 29 years, mm -hmm. I've had shitty water my whole life. I'm <clears throat> showering with chlorine water. I'm fucking washing my face with chlorine. It's not good for you. And uh, we're just not smart enough, I think, to to understand all this because it's just so much information. And you're like, no way. The, the government wouldn't allow us to drink this type of water. And I say to them, I go, have you been to Flint, Michigan? Yeah, they do. Okay. They don't give a shit. All right, bud. You taste it. So again, I was used to the water in Rome. I come here and like, yo, this is swimming pool pool water. What the? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. they always told us never to drink the swimming pool water. Right, and of one course. Of people pee in it, but also for other reasons. <laughs> right, exactly. And who knows what they're they're doing with the other water that we're drinking? I mean, and that's even more uh, amazing. Like if you go to Springs, like in Virginia, I don't know if you have any like 
you know, waterfalls or areas where you can walk on. Jenny Springs. I know Jenny Springs. Jenny Springs. Yeah. And you even do that. Or like I've been to places like, you know, Wyoming and like all these beautiful places that have springs. And you can actually drink that water and it is a different level. And to your point about Rome, they got their own aqueducts because those waterfalls that you drink at the bottom of the spring, they're just getting filtered and mineralized by everything that's a part of the earth. And it's, yep. it's got its own filtration system, which is very fascinating because when you look at most water, I mean, I don't recommend you go drink out of the lake in the back of your house, obviously people out there, but, um, you know, if you find a good spring, you could see the filtration system in that water and you're like, that's free. That's constantly running water. And yet here we are, we want to ingest, you know, Dasani and smart yeah. water and all that bullshit. Yeah. It's, yeah, dude, it's crazy. Do you notice obviously the food in Italy and the water, we talked about that, but is there anything that calls out to you that is the most frustrating thing about living in America versus living over in Italy? I mean, I'm sure you don't have time to talk about every, <laughs> everything. Nobody knows how to cook in this country. <laughs> few people, few people. That really gets me angry. So yeah, let me explain. Um, Please. Broke people in Italy are self-sufficient. Broke people of Italy are what we call here in America Renaissance people. So they know how to do a little bit of everything because the societal circumstances kind of force them to. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So you cook yourself, basic mechanics, you know how to do yourself, uh, uh, you know how to get by in society. You learn, you're forced learning how society works uh, to have a cheaper lifestyle because you cannot afford things. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of got that from my family. I saw the growth of my family, but they started from a very not saying low but mediocre lifestyle like when there was a big purchase to be made the families had to put some effort do some sacrifice okay yeah. here's the total opposite i feel like here the the less you have the more obsolete you are as a human being does it make sense the mm. more you have to rely on other people mm. or on the government or on uh, and it has to do with food so most people fast food there's the, there, I have an entire TikTok series to debunk the fact that fast food is cheaper than cooking at home healthy. Everyone okay, that. Well, yeah. because uh, the amount of people that are convinced that fast that uh, taking your car, driving ten minutes, waiting ten minutes, eating there, and driving back home is cheaper and more efficient than going to the grocery store once a week, know what you're buying, and learning how to cook at home. Okay, I have an entire series about it. Because a lot of people have this conviction. Yeah. Okay. That's because or... they've been told, yeah? They've been told this yeah. for so long. They believe it now. I don't know who the marketing genius was, but genius marketing strategy. Genius. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, it makes, it, it, makes me, it makes me angry. Yeah. Um, it makes me angry. But across everything, people don't know how to do an oil change, which in Italy is very normal or people don't know how to replace a tire or how to fix a drywall patch. So I come on, our houses in Italy are made of concrete. That's hard. You want to open a wall, you punch it here. <laughs> <laughs> so I, oh, <laughs> yeah. you don't need to hire a contractor. Just punch it. <laughs> well, bro, you, you listen, man, you, you know why they do that, right? In America? What? Why they, why they make houses this way is because you can fuck them up and you're going to have to get them patched up. It keeps everything going again. You know, in Italy, if some like there's, there's houses in Italy, I would imagine in Europe that they're made of concrete and they've lasted uh, 
500 years. It's because they, but here, you know, you, you hang up a fucking poster of your family and there's a massive hole in the wall and you're like, oh, there's a hole in the drywall. Now I got to pay a repairman to come out and fix it. And it just keeps everything, you know, going. Here's a huge misconception because what you just said is what I get normally from Italians watching my Italian videos. Yeah, but your houses here are made of cardboard. <laughs> yes, but because they're made of cardboard, you can maintain them because if you maintain them, a house here can go forever. Because if you have bad wood, you take it out and you replace it. That's true. In Italy, yes, our houses are 1,000 years old, but because it's concrete, or even if it's the strengthened concrete with the metal, in most cases, after a while, you have to take them down and rebuild them new. You cannot maintain right. them like an American one. So, has yeah. pros and cons. Has pros true. and cons. That's true. Well, and also, y'all don't have the weather that we have in. You're right in America. So, like in Florida in particular, I can speak a lot to this to where you don't want uh you don't want a concrete for the entire way, right? Because typically you won't be able to expand, renovate. There's just so much stuff going on. So you want that that top portion of the base. Yes. You want it to be wood, drywall, things like that. Cause we're always expanding and growing. And you know, that's the issue. That's that's the reason why we can turn, you know, one block into, you know, having a thousand homes constantly and changing. I but why is everything in America so big? Even our people. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh it's it's gnarly. I, is it related get... to is it related to sizes or <laughs> inverted to size? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Yeah, man. I, I think I think it's just we uh we have it's it's the perfect analogy for America as a whole. You know, because the American, the average human being in America, I think it's something stupid like 60% of us are obese and then 70% of, of us are uh, deficient in like vitamin D and a lot of other vitamins and nutrients. Right. A lot of that is the food, but it's, it's literally the perfect analogy when you look at an average human being, what that person looks like, a silhouette, so to speak, of that person. And that person is overweight, is hunched over, is miserable is just not the healthiest human being that they could be. And that is America. We're, we're running things super fast, but we move super slow. You know, we want everything now, now, now. We're super lazy. We don't like to be active and go out and be in nature. Like, we've evolved to this, like, you know, we went from thousands of years ago being these crazy chimpanzees that can jump through fucking trees to now it's like you can't even get a person off the couch to do exercise. It's fucking crazy. And in a short amount of time, too, that's what's even more fascinating to me is when you look at, like, the evolution of our species, America in particular, and you look at us, we are, like, we went from being so active and so – here's a great here's a great thing. Google 1950 beach view. Everybody. Like, they are beautiful. They all look like Brad Pitt from Fight Club. It's like – so in just – a hundred years, not even eighty years, we are just the most disgusting human beings that have ever existed. And the only thing I can attribute to is the food, because that's the only thing that's changed in that amount of time. You know, also the also the activity. Yeah, exactly. most of the jobs though went from uh, something that was more manual to sitting on a couch and yeah. on a computer. Now we're working at home, so we're not even commuting, moving at all. So, and the social. And the social aspect, too, of it. I feel like back in the day, like in the 50s, we used to go out and do these events. And, you know, we used to uh, go to the country club and meet people. And, you know, that's just how I 
envision it seeing from movies and stuff. But, you know, now you look at it like, obviously, we're doing this podcast virtually, and it upsets me because I do a lot of my podcast virtually, and I fucking hate it because my favorite thing to do is to meet someone face-to-face, to talk to them, shake their hand, laugh, hug, like that type of social interaction I feel like we've missed. Obviously, a lot of that is due to the pandemic, but we, we could easily get back to that now. But we're choosing not to because it's, I don't know, maybe it's easier. Maybe we don't have the energy to do it. But I think that's a lot of that too is, is uh, that social interaction you got to have with people that keeps you alive, that keeps you going. You know, the walking around, the talking, the meeting at a at a coffee shop and just shooting the shit for two, three hours. Like that's like the type of stuff we need. But we don't get that anymore. How can I explain? Uh, I agree. It's because it's uncomfortable for people. Um, I'll make you the perfect example. Uh, every single job I did, I was loved, but I was also hated for one thing. I don't write emails. I call people. <laughs> Hello, you little insecure moron. Tell me with your voice what you actually want. <laughs> so, yeah. well, hey, not even that. I FaceTime people. Show oh, yeah. me your weak face <laughs> <laughs> and tell me. <laughs> People hate it. Dude, that's so funny. My my uh... friends my friends are the same way because they'll text me and then immediately when they text me, I'll either FaceTime them or I'll send them a voice memo. Like I don't text back. Yes. You know, like if, if they have an Android, I can't send them a voice memo. And I'm probably not really your friend if you have an Android. But if, if you have an iPhone, I'm FaceTiming you or I'm fucking voice memoing you, like one of the two. I'm not texting. I'm, we're getting away from that shit, you know? Again, it's uncomfortable. Texting right. allows you to take the, your time to respond, read 25 times, make 25 different scenarios in your head. Mm-hmm. If you're used to a standard, you're going to keep to it. But if you're used to this uh, different standard, it's going to portray throughout your entire life. So also going to a coffee shop and addressing random people out of nowhere, it will be much more difficult for you. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I talk about the- dating a lot in my TikToks mm. uh, and the amount of people that ask me, how can I address around chat is crazy, mostly <laughs> on the younger side, but also, also the older side. Yeah. And a lot of that can be misconstrued, right? In a, in a text message. That's the problem too with that is, you know, if you're not using punctuation, you know, who knows how you're really wanting to say that and, and convey that. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm glad I'm not in the dating game anymore. Are you still in the dating game or you got... You got a special someone you're playing around? What do you know? I am, um, how can I explain? I'm always good uh, with me. I'm always open to meet people. I'm single. I'm always good to meeting people, but um, I got to be patient. Let's put it this way. I'll tell you something. I don't know if you can put this on the podcast or not. <laughs> uh, as an Italian, so as an Italian who dated in America, I believe that somehow, uh, someone messed up a lot of principles in this country mm. if you put it this way um oh, yeah you can always find gems so i'm not generalizing but uh, generally speaking yeah. i see these beautiful women and then i start speaking with them and my arms fall off it's a hard one man you ain't uh yeah you ain't lying bro that's I don't know what it is. It's uh, and you know, again, I think there's there's a lot of factors, but a, a lot of it is just what we're what we're talking about: the laziness, uh, the food, the social media. You know, everyone's like, all these girls think they're the girls think they're entitled. The guys don't know really how to handle a lot of stuff. Um, so both sides. Yeah, it's it's the not girls just are entitled. It's go- yeah. The girls are entitled because the boys uh, who have nothing to do with their lives, uh, the only thing they do is simping. 
give a lot of attention and then create this kind of girl. So it it goes both ways. For sure. Yeah, and it's weird that it happened like at the same time too. You know, it is like, because it goes hand in hand. Right, that's right. Yeah. It goes hand in hand. Uh, one that's is great. pushing the ego of the other. The other is pushing the others down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the amount of people that put themselves on the pedestal in this country, on a pedestal they should not be on. <laughs> 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 and, and something I, uh, I again, uh, you can choose whether you put or not, but you can. You have my permission. Um, okay, I'm putting it because you're 100% fucking right. Yeah. It's... <laughs> the amount of people I have to bring down from the pedestal, uh, boys put them on. Uh, uh, oh. The amount of time I have to do it is crazy. That's right. One well, dude, here's no, yeah, because a lot of ladies get a lot of approval, and most men get men are used to rejection. That is the essence of who we are. It's the nature. Okay, when you reject a lady in this world, they go nuts mm-hmm. because they're not yeah. used to it. That's right, hundred percent. And you know, I what I was gonna say because you you kind of nailed it is I got very lucky with my wife because my wife uh, I, I met through a friend of a friend. But I knew that I was eventually going to marry her, I think, um, because I tried to buy her a drink and she refused. I love it. That to I me love was it. like, you know what I mean? Like, you never hear that. You never see that. It's always these broads that push their tits up and want a free drink. And the next thing you know, you turn around and they're gone. And you're like, this bitch, what? And then, of mm-hmm. course, on the other side of the fence, guys, we ruin our reputation because we dress like slobs. We talk to women like shit. And then we think that we're owed that piece of ass, and we're not like we. That is the, that is that is the definition of a nice guy. I did yeah. so many nice things. I, you owe me something. No, nobody no. owes you anything. <laughs> <laughs> so we're yeah. We just we both got to work on on both of ourselves. These men and those women, these are, are crazy. But there is a lot of gems out there. You got to find them. You got to sift through a lot of bullshit. I got lucky with my wife, but I mean, it took me fucking. You know, whatever. I don't even know. Ten years of being on tender and going to bars, and you know, it's just you had to sift through all the bullshit. It's rare out there, and I feel like it's getting worse. No, do you see hope? Yes. It's a broad, broad question, but do I see hope? So, statistically, we know that fifty percent, fifty percent of men. That's something I read yesterday. A study I read yesterday. Fifty percent of men are not even in dating game. Like they're not even interested in trying. Like not even okay. interested in trying dating. Not even try interested in trying to meet somebody wow not even for like uh one day one night things okay that's how bad it is wow on the other hand uh 60 of women are in a relationship the numbers are not matching (laughs) so either some men are not saying the full truth (laughs) about uh, how many people they're dating (laughs) or there is polygamy yeah i believe that we're gonna get to a point where after 50, life gets lonely, okay? And uh, once people start realizing that, I believe the society will start changing. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and there's yeah. also the general belief in the society that everything you should do in your life is your career, which again, you prove the point when this beginning of the conversation. Uh, your career can fire you anytime. Yeah. And they don't really care. I mean, yes, some they care, some they do. But generally speaking, you're always replaceable. And uh, people are focusing on that and on the actual creating yeah. something. 
So, yeah, well, and I, I feel like people, uh, especially nowadays, are are trying to create a lifestyle um, with what's around them versus focusing what's around them and making that your lifestyle. Meaning, like my my friends, my family, my community, uh, my neighbors, like that's my lifestyle. This is what's important. What I can control, right? Versus people trying to go outside that bubble and bring in bullshit into their lives to make their lives more fulfilling, i.e. vehicles, clothes, purses, new iPhone, like all that type of shit you're bringing into your life that's already really great because you're fucking alive, number one. But you're bringing in all this fake bullshit that doesn't matter, and that's collecting more debt, and we're using credit cards to buy more things to bring into that bubble, when really all you got to do is just look around. Just look around, man. Like, it's fucking beautiful what's around you. We're not, we're not embracing that life. We're trying to fill that void for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because we watched the Kim Kardashian so, for so many years. Is you being dogmatized in this country on a daily basis in this life, uh, yeah. in this lifestyle. I don't think it's wrong. Consumerism, I don't think it's fully wrong. Let me make you an example. I used to work for Lamborghini. I believe that uh, the majority of Lamborghini customers are buying a Lamborghini because it is embedded in their, by society. I mm. made it, I need to buy a Lamborghini. Right. I believe that is wrong because you don't really need it. But then there's the people that are passionate about cars. Okay. Right. I, I race cars. I love cars. I would buy a Lamborghini and drive the crap out of it on a daily <laughs> basis. I would not park in their garage. It doesn't make sense. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I love them. I love them. I work on them. It's two different things. Like consumerism is good, but if you actually want to buy, like the question that people need to ask themselves also when they're going out, do I want to do this or mm -hmm. am I being pulled by somebody or something to do this? Mm. And you Absolutely. focus on what you have around your family and everything. People in this country are very lonely, man. Yeah. Um, well, and it's, 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 I mean, I love what you said too, because there is two types of people, right? The Lambo analogy is great because I forget <clears> the saying who said it. I think it was some comedian or something, but they said, um, you know, I realized when I first bought, uh, it wasn't a Lamborghini, it was a Ferrari, gorgeous Italian car as well. Um, but when he first bought the Ferrari, he realized that when he's in the Ferrari driving it, he didn't appreciate the inside. Right? So why did he want the Ferrari? Well, he wanted the Ferrari because he saw the outside of it. But who sees the outside of the vehicle? Everyone else. But it sounds like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you're inside a Lambo, you don't give a fuck about anything else. You love that vehicle. You love the sound. You love the feel. You love touching it. You, lo you love the inside of it. Yeah, of course, the outside is beautiful as well. But the only people that could see the outside are the people walking by. And some people like those looks that you get when you drive the Lambo. Versus you, it sounds like you don't give a shit about the looks. You care about the car. I think that's the difference. I think a lot of Americans just care more about the looks we get, which is why consumerism can be very dangerous. Because we, we this is to this is to all American boys, guys. I pull more ladies in my seven seater Chrysler Town and Pacifica van than when I drive my BMW M3. I'll tell you that. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> so it's not the car it's not the, it's car. Not the car it's not the car, it's not the well, car. and you know Especially how to cook to you know how to cook <laughs> kid that's the thing that helps you you grab the shitty van and you say hey listen toots i know how to cook come on come to my house 
let's go. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I think because it gives some like uh, responsible dad vibes. I don't know why, but <laughs> <laughs> like statistically, I can confirm this out of experience. <laughs> the BMW cool. does nothing. I drive yeah. it because I like it. Yeah, but that's, that's it. Though, it. Yeah. When's the money? No, like it's the amount of money you spend per month. Like when we downsized from two vehicles to one vehicle, we have a Tesla now, which I only bought strictly for, you know, savings. That's the only reason why. Um, but it, it's fascinating when you realize that your insurance is lower, your car payments lower, when you could either buy outright or, you know, you get a used vehicle, whatever. But when you can lower your payments, that's the key. That should be the key to life, right? Like if you ask anybody overseas over the pond, they could probably tell you, you know, what's your monthly rent? The number they give you is going to be so low, you can't even comprehend. How do you live? And that is because they don't have any payments. You know, they're either buying things outright or they're doing everything themselves. You know, that's the key, bro, is if you have a credit card and you want to buy something, don't buy it unless you got the cash. Buy the, Use the cash. Credit card's great because you can build credit and that's how our yeah. society labels you. But if you don't have the cash to buy a new iPhone. Don't fucking get a credit card and end up paying interest rate on it like a, like a motherfucker, right? Just to get that cool thing. But that's our problem, right? Is we just don't have, we don't have that mentality to think about it. Cause when I, when we downsized the one vehicle and we had an extra $700 a month, <sighs> you take that $700 a month, you time, yeah, you times that by 12, man. That's another house. That's the down payment on a house. Well, that's a nice little luxury vacation in Italy. Oof. That's the, other, that's the other thing. Priorities. Yeah. 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 How much? How much is a nice little vacation in Italy? Like five grand, uh, six grand, if I want to do a couple of weeks. Well, funny thing, I have a friend that is uh, actually working on that, uh, and her target range will be five grand, which includes uh, a driver for you, the place to stay, restaurants, and everything. Everything paid for. So. That's crazy. Well, you, which, by the way, seven hundred dollars a month for the average car payment which is a Kia Sorrento so you could have a luxury vacation in Italy for a couple of weeks or you could be $700 a month in debt in a Kia is it really worth it is not it really fucking, worth it not for a fucking Kia <laughs> Fuck no. no I love Kia don't get me wrong but yeah. then there's the other thing there's a big life advantage that I have this I can call privilege okay the fact that I'm Italian because as an Italian, I come from a country where the average income is a third of the American one. So when I come here and the average income is three times as high, even if it's the average, when I first started working here, holy shit, I felt like the richest person. I, I felt amazing. Yeah. I felt amazing. It's, um, you have a different point of view and you come here and you're very grateful. So you take full advantage of it. That is a privilege. Sure. I can consider that a privilege, the different yeah. perspective. Also, because yeah. I lived in China, which was even worse in those mm. terms. Australia was pretty similar to America. Yeah, we got some work to do, man, here in America. I'm I'm trying to do my part, you know. Yeah, but you're still the best country in the world. Well, according to us. No, no, according to me too. Yeah? Why the hell am I living in Virginia <laughs> if I could live in Italy? Okay, let me ask you a question. Okay. The, by fact, Italy is beautiful. Yeah. Why did I choose to come to America? Opportunity. Because I believe that for a young person, this is the place, best place to be. Yeah. It's not just opportunity. There's one thing that Americans have that is bloody beautiful. Okay. Yeah. You have an idea in this country. People push you to do it. 
People yeah. push you to do it. People tell you, hey, let me invest with you. Hey, let me help out. I have this. I have that. You reach out to me. We want to do a podcast. I said immediately, yes. Okay. It has yeah. Stuff like this in Italy doesn't happen. No. In Italy, you have an idea. Italian society bashes the entrepreneur, bashes the freelancer, hates ideas, and is generally uh, very jealous. People in Italy have dreams. By the age of 20, their dreams are destroyed. Number one, because society does not allow them to pursue them. Number two, because culture destroys them. Mm-hmm. Oh, you never do it. It's crap. It's this and that. Just find a job. And by the age of 20, you're indoctrinated into looking for what we call the fixed spot, which is finding a job that you can do for the next 40 years. That's how Italy works. And then you come here. And although society is nuts, is nuts in a positive way. <laughs> People here have a dream until they freaking die, okay? And they try pursuing it. Yes, there are consumerism. Yes, there are problems. But you're dreamers until you die. And I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and you have opinions and you back them with your guns. I love it. <laughs> I, I, it, it, it is the best. It is an extreme, okay? I can understand sure. it, but I love it. It is a very strong culture. No, it's, there is nothing like it, for sure. By the way, I could probably talk to you for five hours, but I won't keep it, I won't keep it that long. But I, I, think you, uh, I think you nailed it, right? I think that's the thing. And of course, when I say, is, is America uh, the greatest? I think it is, for sure. I have, I will say this, though. I have, after everything that I've, I've been through, my perception has changed a lot, meaning... When I was in my 20s, uh, not saying that you're going to have this forever, but I did have a different mindset on everything. But when I started changing on my diet, focusing more on my health, did work that I love, which sounds like you you love your work, so I think you're on the right path. But I just think we the reason America is, to me, not the greatest is not because it's not the greatest for opportunity or greatest for everything you mentioned, which is dead on for sure. You can't get that anywhere else. I just think it depends on where you're at in your life. And for me, I feel like the the rewards are not worth the headache. You don't get a lot of the bullshit that you do here in America. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean by when you walk outside, you don't feel like you're home. You know, like if you get away from your community and you drive on the street, right? If you go to a restaurant or a bar and you try to talk to somebody, it just doesn't feel like everyone's on the same page. It feels divisive. It feels like everyone's out to get each other. It's very greedy. And that's the reason we are the superpower, the number one country in the world, because we are greedy, rightfully so. I mean, we took this damn country, right? Like we stole it. (laughs) So ever since then, we've been a very greedy country, and that's why we're so great at innovation, and there's so many great things that come out of America. But it's just so interesting how we don't have the mindset of like being number one should be not just free, not just be able to uh, do whatever we want, be innovative, but also like we're just not the United States of America anymore. And that's what feels funky about it. Like when you get out of your your bubble, I just don't feel like it's it's homey. It's the best, and that's what's kind of scary. Is I feel like we're getting more divisive and more, you know. What is the, what is the United States of America for you? What represents uh, it? What does it represent? It's my home now. That's it. It doesn't it doesn't give me anything that I don't think I can have anywhere else. I guess that that's my thing because of where I'm at in my life currently. You know, like um, uh, it, I'm able to do, like you said, I'm able to do a lot of the freelance and the creative stuff that I do that I probably wouldn't be able to do anywhere else. In fact, I'd probably get in jail in most countries, right? You go to like, <laughs> you go to like China and all that. But again, I look at like, I don't know, is it worth it? Like, would I be happier? 
the average American. Would you be happier being in a country like Italy or in Australia yes. where, yes. yeah, you can't hold, you can't have guns. Okay, I have guns. I believe in this. Yeah, but, but you can have a life. You can have life. That's true. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, yes, what, what's I agree. It is, yeah, you got to think of uh, where are you in life? Uh, what are your priorities? But that's also a lot of my TikToks. It's like, uh, do you just want to enjoy life and float by? Italy is amazing. Yeah. Do you have some kind of goal in life and want to get there as soon as you can? America, Dubai, Switzerland, mm. yeah. um, Hong, uh, Hong Kong, not anymore. It used to be free, now it's uh, next. Um, and who knows, I like in a couple of years, where it's going to go. <laughs> yes, I used to live in Hong Kong. Hong Kong was my spot in China. Um, I agree. Divisive a lot. I use the fact that I'm an immigrant as my, let's say, politically correct shield to talk about stuff that nobody wants to talk about, okay, or everybody is afraid to talk about. And the general, I like to look at both sides. I'm, a, I'm one of the people who read the, the manifesto and Mein Kampf, okay, so the two opposites of, okay. Left and right, yeah. Yes. Um, also because I went to a German school, so I wanted to learn the ins and outs. That's my background. I speak German better than Italian. And, um, oh, nice. And you start learning how bloody the same both sides are. They just have different means to get there. But somehow, marketing genius, somebody was able to divide both. Okay, that's what I hate. Yeah. And it's not nice. Yeah. I, that's the perfect way to control people. For sure. Yeah, well, I, you know, and I always I talk about this a lot on my show, uh, not just physical health, mental health, financial health. That's kind of the three pillars. But a big thing I talk about uh, in America, there is a left and a right. But when you when you're more centrist and when you're independent, everything is like so much better. Like the the idea, the ideal country to me, the United States of America would be everyone is independent. We don't have a two party system, you know, but. Unfortunately, our government would not profit off that idea. And has pros and cons. Of course. Yeah. I mean, there's, we, we've tried it time and time again, right? There's tons of countries, Italy in particular, German, Russia, like 14 parties, and it's yeah. a mess. We it's had mess. 60 governments in 70 years. It's a mess. Trust me. It's a mess. And it's not something you could solve in a couple centuries. It's going to take a long time to even figure it out. So I don't even know if we're we're, we're going to figure it out in our lifetime. I don't think we will. But I know Joe Biden's not the answer. I know Trump's not the answer. I know, you know, but the, the issue that I find is every time I talk to my buddies, I've lost friendships these last couple of years. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have uh, for people that see too far left and too far right. And it's fascinating when you just don't watch the news. And this is what I mean, like United States of America. It's even more fascinating because we try to bring in all this outside noise that I was saying in your bubble. But when you live in that independent world that I have for quite some time and you don't focus on Fox News or CNN or, you know, who's president, who's that, because at the end of the day, like whoever is president here doesn't matter. It just doesn't. The way our Congress is set up and legislate, it just doesn't. Nothing gets passed. And the perfect example of that is, that's right. The perfect example is during the pandemic when there was all these rules and regulations in Florida, Ron DeSantis did whatever the fuck he wanted to do. So he literally did the opposite of what the president wanted him to do. And he didn't get reprimanded for it. We just lived as citizens. And it was great. I love DeSantis. A lot of pros and cons as well. 
But at the end of the day, it's it's kind of cool to live in that country. But then I also look at it like, okay, people don't talk about this enough. To where the president gave an order, and, and governors say, "Nope, <laughs> nah, I'm good." Okay, so hold on. So wait a minute. So with abortion, with gun laws, with everything. So if the president just decides to do something one day, people don't have to listen. So why do us Americans get so passionate about these subjects when we have no control over it? You could vote all you want. Get the fuck out of here. That doesn't mean anything because if you put the best president in the world in America, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a mountain to move anything in this country. And even still, we won't be happy. The so, only way to move this country is through entrepreneurship. So mm. if... Let me make you a perfect example. Everybody was talking, 10 years ago, everybody was talking about uh, how we should move to the next technology of cars. So if Elon Musk didn't create Tesla, we still would be fully gasoline. That's right. Because when Elon Musk created Tesla, at the beginning, nothing. But as he grew, he started putting a dent in automotive. And so automotive had to follow. If the government would have said that we need electric cars, nothing would have yeah. moved. Well, look at NASA, Housing. what he did with SpaceX, too. Great yes. example. Housing is expensive. You don't help housing with government programs. You help housing by putting in money in construction and creating more supply. Um, maybe with government incentives, but not government laws. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think I think the um, when you asked me before, United States of America, what does that mean? I think the perfect America to me would be government only controls things that, <clears throat> you know, maybe it's parks, maybe it's roads, things like that. But even that I don't fully agree with because I think all that stuff should be privatized. I think we should rent out um, bridges and roads and charge big companies to do that. So like Verizon, I think we should have the Verizon San Francisco bridge because okay. then Verizon would maintain it. Because it's it's branding all over it. I'm okay with that. I'm okay to get have every single road and and building branded like crazy. Because the fact that the government touches so much of our lives, not only can they control it, but they're able to fuck it up a lot easier. And I feel I feel like they've fucked up a lot. The public pension system in Italy, or what is happening now to France? Oh my God! Yeah, talk about a passionate people. Good for them. Yeah, I mean, you're giving all that power to the government. The government does the same, some decisions and people go nuts. Yeah. But the government can do it. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like the government's slowly been picking away at America. Like, over long, they're playing the long game. Like, oh, we're just going to yeah. sneak in this it's abortion a, bill. It's a, it's a marathon. It's a marathon. It's not a, it's not a race. Do it thoroughly. Exactly. So yeah. you change an entire thing. Yeah, man. But, you know, other than that. I mean, hell, if we weren't in America, we wouldn't be able to do this right now. So I. Exactly. It's exciting. Funny thing. But today somebody commented, why do you allow, do you allow all these negative comments on your videos? Block these people. I'm like, because as somebody who has some tricky conversations, I, I should allow people to say what they think, which means also bashing on me. It's totally fine. Mm. It sucks. Yeah. But if you're, if you're exploiting, uh, Freedom of speech, you should allow everybody to speak. Absolutely. Yeah. You just can't silence one side no. just because you don't agree then with it. Then doing censorship. That yeah. doesn't work. That's stupid. And that's kind of what the government's been doing now. <laughs> In some cases. Canada. 
Canada, we'll see. America, not yeah. yet. We'll see. That's right. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully, as long as we don't get into this, like, um, this, you know, currency system that I'm kind of worried about, like CBDC. Um, yeah. You know, like if, if it's something kind of like what China does, I forget what it's called. Um, China has the social credit score. I don't think you're going to be able to post this one on TikTok. You know what the social credit score is? Yeah. That's, that's what's scary. You know? And, and didn't, um, what was that app that, uh, the government just rolled out here? Uh, like Fed, uh, um, Fed now, something yeah. like that, but the federal reserve. That's scary, bro. Yeah. It's it, the new Venmo. Yeah. And it was more scary because that was like slowly kind of rolled out. Like mm -hmm. it was like, boop. I'm like, what are you doing here? What, are they going to slowly like, you know, next thing you know, you run into like a Starbucks and they're like, oh yeah, we don't take credit cards. But we take Fed now. You're like, what? What is that? It's going to be scary. I so. don't know. There is too far. Um, there are also multiple things happening, like the entire world trying to get away from the dollar. So if you keep the dollar more free instead of making it more central, That's maybe right. people are incentivized to stay. I don't know. That's right. I have no idea. Yeah. And that I have no idea. Yeah. So you say in America, when... we got to fuck around and find out. That's right. And you know, that's, that's what I mean, right? Like is if you don't think about that stuff too much, your life doesn't change a lot. Um, it's good to know that type of stuff for sure. Cause you know, you want to evolve and you want to change, but yeah, when you look at like, uh, what China and Russian is that Iran, like what, what's the currency they're putting together? Um, uh, the, yeah, yeah. The BRICS nations. Yeah, exactly. You know, that to me is like, okay, well maybe we won't be the, the biggest superpower in the world again. You know, but as long as everything else, you know what I mean? Like as long as it's this ego that we have of like, we are number one. So you should do what I say, China. You should do what I say, Russia. There's a little bit of that. I get it. But also too, I mean, there's a, lot of, a lot of things don't change on our end in terms of like freedoms and, you know, if, if nothing changes, okay, cool. If, you know, if you don't want to use our currency, no big deal. As long as it doesn't affect us too much. But I don't know if it's going to go that way. Well, it will affect say. us. So we just, ha we kind of have to get out of that mindset of like, we are the biggest superpower in the world. We can still, re America can still remain a superpower in the world if uh, they focus a little bit more on diplomacy, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> that's, an hard, that's a hard arm to twist. That's for because sure. Because change, changing an entire system takes a lot of effort. If you're making, if you're being nicer, yeah. it's like comfort. If you're making, if you're being nicer, if you're being a little bit more respectful, a little bit more diplomatic, mm -hmm. uh, people will be less likely countries uh, to stand up from the couch and try to change the situation because they're a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, that's right. But that's yeah. my stupid opinion. Who am I to speak? <laughs> yeah, man, fuck that. It's a great opinion to have. That, that's why I always tell people is you can't, uh, you won't be able to fix the world, but you can fix your block. That's what yes. I tell people. Yes. Like, if every single person just focuses on their cul-de-sac and their block, that's a good start. But yeah, we don't we don't like to do that right away, do we? We like to change everyone's mind and we we try to fix things overnight. And you know, it's gonna take time. Tony, thank on, you. On that note, <laughs> no, 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 it's, I love it. It's great. It's great. I'll be. I'll also become American soon. I'll tell you that. So yeah, how long you got? I've been here five years, so I can apply. Oh, great. Yeah, that's right. And I will apply. I will apply. Good for you, man. We're, we're happy to have you. I think I could speak for everyone in America and Virginia. We're happy Restoring, to have you. 
Restoring houses one bidet at a time. Yes, that's what I'm doing. I'm adding bidet to all the houses that I'm restoring. Yeah, as you should. Good for you. I got one. Hell yeah. Cleaning people's asses. Figuratively <laughs> <laughs> and literally all at once. Yes. Uh, well, listen, man, this, this has been a blast. Again, I'll, uh, I'll leave all your links below, but do me a favor. Give everyone a quick shout out of your social media channels, what you're working on, uh, all that jazz for me. Mom, the only one is Yashi Project on uh, TikTok and YouTube. It's J-A-S-H-I, which is the American version of uh, my name, Yashi. I love it. Nah, this is great, man. It's a good time. And listen, man, if you got some time when you come to Tampa, you know, hit me up. We'll connect after this and, you know, maybe we can make some time to do this in person. Perfetto. This Tony, good thank chat, man. you. Hey. Grazie mille. Grazie, prego. Appreciate you, brother. Have a beautiful day. You too, my friend. Enjoy that coffee, huh? Ciao ragazzi, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Oh, hey there. First of all, thanks for making it to the end of this video. Not a lot of people do, according to the YouTube analytics, but I, I do want to say thanks for listening to this. There's some more episodes if you want to check those out, and they're all just as good. But if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Check out those timestamps below to reference uh, some of the topics I talked about, as well as some discount links to some of our sponsors and affiliates. But uh, thanks for listening to this episode, and uh, we'll see you next time.